0: I'm Rob and I'm Dave and you join us today to talk about the power of the doctor in a hot take review which we haven't done for a while Dave which is probably why I almost stuffed up the introduction
1: no it's been a while since we've done it but Rob we are here the end of the Jodie Whittaker era has happened we've watched it time to talk about it
0: yeah and as is customary we have a word of the week when we do a hot take review Dave do you have a word of the week
1: I do, Rob. My word of the week is spoiler.
0: Spoiler. My word of the week is remember.
1: I think I might know where that's going, but you could be coming at it from a strange angle. You often do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a very strange guy.
1: <laughs> also, we have got our monthly show coming up on Sunday, mm-hmm. and so all the stuff about what happens next and any trailers and. When the next episode is going to be, all of that stuff we'll talk about as part of our regular news segment at the end of the week.
0: Yeah, we will. Let me kick off, Dave, by going back to a Twitter thread I made a month or two back, which I also mentioned on a previous episode of the podcast, so maybe listeners even remember this. And the main gist there was, I said, I think Power of the Doctor will be a rise of Skywalker-esque, throw everything at the screen and try and overwhelm people with stuff rather than just tell a tight, coherent story. Now, look, I'd be happy to say I was wrong if I was wrong, but, Dave, you've seen it too. Was I wrong? Was this more on the tight and coherent side of things, or was it on the Rise of Skywalker side of things? <sighs> that's a... T- <laughs> it's that, a big that's, sigh.
1: <laughs> that's, it, no, it's a big sigh, not because I agree or disagree, but because I think that's a genuinely tough question. hmm and I can't answer it without going into a little bit of detail about what I thought of the episode. Do you, do you want me to do that, or do you want to give us your answer first?
0: Well, I think it does fall on the Rise of Skywalker side of things.
1: I think that it leans in the, the Rise of Skywalker side of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I wouldn't say it necessarily was as problematic in an episode as Rise of Skywalker. I will say I... I basically enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. I think I can say at the start of this Hot Take review, it is my favourite Chris Chibnall written episode of the Chris Chibnall era. Is it my favourite of the Chris Chibnall era? That's a conversation we can have as we go through the review. But I do think he landed most of the things he wanted to land. Now, I will also say I think that this is an episode that is all about the moments and the reactions and the people that are in it. Mm. I don't think that the plot necessarily holds all that well together. Uh, There are bits that do and bits that don't. We need to explore that. So, look, it is a little bit like Rise of Skywalker. I I know what you're saying. There was a lot happening. It didn't always make sense. There was at least one sequence that was very Rise of Skywalker. Mm. So I agree with you partially. But
0: Mm.
1: I did enjoy this. I I left happy. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, let me let me mention then the opening segment with the train and all this fast-paced action stuff, Dave. I'm not sure if this is what you're thinking of when it comes to Rise of Skywalker. To me, it's just not Doctor Who. It's, it's like Doctor Who trying to be Marvel. Doctor Who for the Marvel kids, but I'm not sure the Marvel kids are watching Doctor Who, to be honest. And if some are, do they want their Doctor Who to be Marvel or do they want their Doctor Who to be shock horror Doctor Who? You know, And and I'll finish by saying, when you don't have the budget of Marvel, is it wise to be going anywhere near there anyway?
1: Chibnall has made a habit of opening his seasons and indeed a number of his episodes with an action beat. And Mm. he's done that again here. And I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, You're saying Doctor Who's trying to be Marvel. Well... That's what Doctor Who does. It does what's in the zeitgeist. When it's in the 70s, it tries to be Bond. When it's in the 80s, it does a you know very 80s shtick. Mm. When it was the mid 2000s, I mean, you look at the Eccleston season now, and if you showed that to somebody you'd never seen an episode before, they'll go, "That was made in about mid 2005," because it looks like every piece of television in 2005. <laughs> and, and 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 so look, I think you're right. I think that this does look like what is popular in 2022 and what is popular in 2022 is not not just marvel movies but that very light touch fast just you know don't stop to think about it kids marvel movie Mm -hmm. and and i think that that is what it was doing i thought that it was a good action beat to start was it utterly disposable yes but when you've got 90 minutes to play with you might as well take five or six minutes and go Let's get excited. We've got Cybermen. In fact, though, they're, they're regenerating Cybermen. They're Cybermasters, and the doctor's here. Well, okay. And now you're, you're, you're in. And hopefully, if you're a casual viewer, you're going, oh, something's happening. I'll keep watching.
0: Mm. Yeah, look, com- completely fair. Um, not long after that scene, though, ditching Dan early on was interesting, too. At first, I thought this might have been a fake out. But no, he he stayed gone until the end. And I thought to myself, ah, so I've had this concern about the guest cast and a bunch of cameos maybe overshadowing the mains. Well, we've just slashed the mains by one third by getting rid of poor old Dan. And in such a rushed farewell, too, it felt really bizarre. And I wonder, I just wonder what John Bishop made of it. Here's your script. You're on page one and the final page. <laughs>
1: I can imagine him at the read-through, sort of flicking through the rest of the script, <laughs> trying to see what was going on. It it was it was it was the best of Chibnall. It was the worst of Chibnall because ah. that moment when John Bishop looks down at the cracked helmet, hmm. just with his acting, I knew exactly what was going through his mind. That that thought of, I nearly died. Yeah, and it's happening too often, and and maybe I'm done with this. Like that. Was such a well acted, quite poignant scene where a companion really appreciates that their mortality is at risk yeah. when they're around the doctor. And then he just sort of like walked out of the TARDIS and was. And I was like, was was that was that his touching emotional farewell? Oh, it was.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, so it started off really well, um, and then it just it was kind of like, okay, well that, that's done. We tick the box. Dan's gone. Next next box, please.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. In an episode full of surprises, I was very surprised by that, losing one of the main cast right at the start.
1: And in an era of the show that really does wallow in the emotional moments, the fam, and the we're going to teach Ryan how to ride a bike, and I've got cancer. Like, it's all about that stuff to not. Get even a little bit, you know. Goodbye, Doctor. It's been fun, or whatever. Was quite surprising. It it did, you're right, solve a plot problem in that it just took another companion out of the saga. And look, maybe John Bishop didn't have the shooting time to do a full ninety minutes. I don't know. Oh, well, maybe. Um, but but yeah, it, it was it was it was a good moment followed by a bizarre moment. Hmm.
0: So, Dave, I've kicked off with a couple of points before I go on any further. Uh, I'll let you get a word in.
1: <laughs> I really liked Sasha Dewan. Yes. I thought that he was a big, big part of this and he put in a really good performance. Now, I've always liked Sasha Dwan's Master. I've always thought it worked well. Rob, you've been a bit ambivalent on Sasha Dwan's Master. You've liked it sometimes, but been very put off by it other times. How did he go for you?
0: I quite liked him in this. He wasn't the capering lunatic joker type that I've not been enamored with. But at the same time, he wasn't right back in that... I can't remember the character's name, but when he was in Disguise, when we first saw him in the series, and he was playing it very straight. He wasn't sort of back there. He was somewhere in between the two. And I thought it wasn't a bad mix, and I was actually quite all right with his master. I I don't really know why we were in Russia. I don't know why he had to be Rasputin, apart from it being just a colourful way to sort of introduce him in a colourful setting to have that equipment in the uh, summer palace or the winter palace or whatever it was
1: yeah uh, I, I honestly thought that after it got Tsar Nicholas and the family out of the palace he was going to sort of pull off the the you know pull off the mask you know Roger Delgado style and mm, he'd be yes. that back to being the master it, it, it was a little bit odd but but no I, I liked it
0: so his actual storyline was kind of strange in place But his actual performance I, I quite rated Yeah,
1: yeah, I thought that as the big bad of the episode He did a really good job He held it together well I thought that his motives were good He was allowed a couple of minor victories on the way to his major defeat Which is how it works in drama mm-hmm. the, the, the corollary of, of the Master being awesome and being the big bad Is that the Doctor's greatest enemies The Daleks and the Cybermen uh, Were there
0: mm-hmm.
1: as second fiddle yeah. And I thought that, I thought that the uh, they weren't necessarily needed, and maybe they were a little bit too much. The Daleks certainly.
0: Yeah, look, I, I get the feeling that Chibnall's thought this is the finale. I'm going to have Daleks and Cyberman, and then he's worked backwards to to sort of give them something to do, which is probably not the best way to write a story. I, I
1: I half thought that he started with the Master's Dalek plan joke
0: yes (laughs) yeah it kind of reminds me of some Morrissey album sometimes you think Morrissey writes the the title of his songs first you know to be a witty or funny title and then he's actually got to go and write the song to match the title yeah yeah I can see that
1: um you know it could have been one or the other I think that having the three probably was a bit too much
0: Yeah, I I think so too. And look, while we're, we're sort of still in that area, question without notice, the tissue compression eliminator. It seems that tissue compression, Dave, can now be reversed, which I think is dead set stupid, but let's go with it for the moment. Why didn't the doctor gather up all those dozens of compressed seismologists and bring them back to life? if such a thing is possible. Indeed, why hasn't the doctor ever done that before? The answer, of course, is that tissue compression should be final. It's always been treated as final. And now inventing reversal, seemingly just so we can bring a shad back, because Chibnall realised, oh, he was quite popular. I've got to bring him back. Oh, I shrunk him, didn't
1: I? Yeah, but a shad wasn't dead. Right. I don't think he actually shot him with the tissue compression eliminator. He just used that tech to make him small so he could smuggle him in is that what it was oh okay look that could just be my headcanon and, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and, and 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 i suspect as we and other fans discuss this episode over the next hour day year um 50 years there will be a lot of headcanoning going on to try and explain a lot of the plot some of it i've just gone oh, I, can, I can kind of see how that works like that moment there's other stuff out there that i'm going to need your help with rob
0: well, is one of those the collapsing unit headquarters? I mean, that that's a huge building, and even a controlled demolition would be quite deadly to anyone standing within a, a few hundred metres of it, yet Tegan and Ace are just outside the front doors.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's TV, so what, Rob? You know... Oh, Dave, no, it's terrible. No, 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 Rob, we've got... We've got doctors, we've got companions, we've got a big plot. Let's not get bogged down in the little stuff. Okay. Let's let's talk about the things that matter, Rob. Let's not let's not get bogged down in the building didn't collapse properly.
0: All right then, let's talk about the timeless child thing. It was never resolved. <laughs> Here we are in an episode, we've got the Doctor, we've got the Master, we've got the Cybermasters, we've got all the ingredients from that episode, and yet Chibnall didn't go anywhere near the topic. For the last year or two, whatever, people have been saying, oh, that's going to get explained further, that'll get explained further. Well, this was the last episode, and it didn't get explained further. It's like Chibnall was just trying to grab a big headline, completely stuffed it, and he's backed away from it. Never mentioned it again. What a crock.
1: Yeah, look, we discussed in a couple of our monthly shows when Chibnall did his big DWM um, expose interview that he said openly there was no grand master plan. There was no Moffat-style arc or JMS-style guide to what I was doing. I just kind of made it up as I went along and did what I felt was good. And Mm -hmm. there's certainly no more proof you need of that than the power of the Doctor. Because you're right, the timeless child thing... Literally was ended with the Doctor dropping the watch down the insides of the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tectuine is apparently, yep, dead, proper dead, gone, forgotten, Not to be mentioned again unless RTD decides to pick it up. All these little things that I sort of wanted explanations for. Why was Carbonista trying to throw the Doctor into a sea of acid at the start of Flux? (laughs) What happened to the universe? Like All of these little things that have happened, and I kind of fear that there was going to be no explanation for them. There clearly wasn't. Uh, That's the Chibnall era, folks. Done.
0: Yeah. Won't that old Irish bloke be annoyed that he ran into White Knight Jody and saved the day and set off that huge bomb and it didn't do anything, apparently, except kill him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and Vinda, what an absolutely useless bit of casting there. Why on earth was he there, Dave? Surely even the actor would be thinking, I came back for this. Why? Literally padding in an already padded episode.
1: Um... Did he need to get anyone to anywhere? No, not really. You're you're right. We probably could lose him. Did Chibnall feel that this is a celebration of Whittaker's era and therefore somebody from Flux needed to be there to sort of wave the flag and go, this was a part of the era. Remember, we did Flux. It was cool. (laughs) You know, I, 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 I... I would understand that Uh, you know it's it's part of regeneration stories I think it has been going back to Planet of the Spiders frankly you know bringing back cast and characters to to celebrate the era I think that's probably the only reason Vinda was there you're right he was a bit extraneous to the plot.
0: Hmm yeah strange. Another strange thing was at the at the end when Jody gets zapped with that energy device, how did the master remote control that to zap Jody? Like Jody's there saying, oh, you know, you're going to be free and all this. And suddenly the master can sort of remote control it to zap. And maybe if I go back and look, it will be clearer to me, maybe. But I'm treating this as an exercise. We've both seen it once today. Was it apparent to you how he did that? Well, it's a piece of tech. He pressed a button and did stuff. <laughs> right okay <laughs> yeah. that's doctor who yeah I'm,
1: I'm i'm quite surprised by the angle you're taking here rob really really you, you seem very hung up on trivialities
0: it, it started early in the episode where the, the cybermen come into the ship and the the soldiers or whatever they are the ship crew are fighting them they knock them out pretty easily they go down like chumps then they start regenerating one of the soldiers is like oh they're regenerating and i was like How does this guy know about regeneration? Uh, Maybe it was just the mood I was in. Like, I was picking on everything as I watched this. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's like things that just didn't make sense, things that weren't, didn't, oh, narratively just weren't good for me, you know? Oh, yeah. I. People might be surprised when they hear my score, but okay. yeah, I was nitpicky on this one. I've, I've
1: noticed that. So look, we're, we're fifteen minutes into a hopefully half-hour episode. Let's <laughs> pull back to thirty thousand feet, Rob. Sure. Let's
0: let's accept
1: that there are a lot of things that you uh, you were picking on, yeah. and we'll just we'll take that as read. Um, let's talk about some actual big things. Okay. Tegan and Ace came back. Yeah. I know you were very worried in the lead-up that they would either be wasted or it'd be trivial. It wouldn't be done. How are you feeling having watched it?
0: They were used pretty well.
1: I thought so too.
0: Because they weren't teamed up with the Doctor and they sort of had their own little bits to do and then we'd leave them and jump to something else. Now, I don't know how much of that was planned because it does seem to be a Chibnall thing to jump from here to here to here and have big names of cities come up on the screen and what year it is and all of this. But it did work well in regards to their use because I don't think they were overused, but they're in it enough.
1: Yeah, I think it proves in some ways... The theory that I've been espousing, basically through the Chibnall era, which is that the problem with having multiple companions is that there's only so many lines you can put into 50 minutes of television. Mm. When the show is 90 minutes, there are more lines to go around, so everybody can breathe a bit more. And and maybe Chibnall should have done a lot more two-parters where you had 90 minutes and you could let the the large Chibnall, uh, both regular cast and 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 growing offside cast people's like like your vendors and the like giving them space to breathe, because I thought it worked very well here. I thought that Sophie Aldred particularly just walked straight back into the role and was, was really, really good. Janet Fielding was pretty good as well. I thought they both got their moments to have their bit of plot. They both got their moments to react to the Doctor differently, and that was really good they've both got moments with their doctors mm-hmm. and they were really really nice I know that some fans found them particularly touching particularly the seventh doctor and ace and I get that there are a few little references to the virgin new adventures there and I, I thought that that fitted in well so I thought they were, they were they were two really strong positives from this story
0: yeah yeah look I, I I concur with that in particular Janet has she been acting at all for the past few decades
1: uh, I don't think so, because no. she went off to become an agent fairly that's, soon after, who, didn't she?
0: That's right. So, you know, particularly for her to step in and, and do some acting, um, I thought that was very good.
1: Yeah, I, I thought so too. I, I'm not quite sure I bought the Doctor's reaction to meeting them again, uh, but maybe, as I've said before, maybe part of the 13th Doctor's character is that she is a bit of a dick and mm. doesn't really know how to react well to people and just actually... Isn't a great person? Maybe that's part of her character, and that's what we saw here. I touched on it just before Rob, but look, biggest thing, surely
0: mm-hmm. biggest thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Past doctors turned up.
0: Yeah, how about that?
1: Were you expecting it?
0: <laughs> no, no. To be quite honest, I think I had seen someone mention it. Like, I oh, wouldn't it be great if this happened? And so I don't even think it was a rumor. I was seeing. I think it was just someone's fantasy. And I was I was genuinely surprised that they did it, and they let them look like their current selves. Uh, I was surprised at how many were in it. I was surprised at how well it was done. You know, with them wearing the robes, except for McGann, who <laughs> said he wasn't a robe kind of guy. This is very fan service stuff, though. This isn't really advancing the plot in in any way. It wasn't integral to the plot, but it was very nice to see.
1: It was very nice to see, and I agree. It was done very well. I thought throughout this, they did a good enough job, I think, as somebody who knows the law in and out in, in depth. Yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job at ensuring that the casual viewer knew who these people were. They had, they had the moment where Ace and T can look at you and say, we used to be you 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And they had the moment when, when they said, we are your past regenerations. And so even if you don't know who Peter Davison is or who Colin Baker is, you can go, oh, okay, they're, they're, they're people who used to be. The doctors and, and they had David Bradley there. I, I think more than anything to kind of indicate to the casual viewer, you know, who who might only know David Bradley of the classic Doctors, mm. uh, to sort of go this this is this is who these people are. I suspect a lot of people had no idea who Paul McGann was um, because you know let's face, it, he was only the Doctor for ninety minutes and it's, yeah. you know and 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 not of the Doctor you know which you know was on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but it was really good and look, I thought, I thought Paul McGann kind of stole the show for the stuff he was in.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I think so too. And I've seen people on social say, now surely he's going to get his own series. And I thought, oh, guys, we were saying that after the, uh, the 50th anniversary and it never happened. And mm, I don't know.
1: No, but it does show that McGann is absolutely at a point in his career where he absolutely could carry a mini series as the Doctor. Just to, If you think about what they've done with Boba Fett, what they're doing at the moment with Cassian Andor, they could absolutely do that with McGann if they had the money and the time.
0: Yeah, at the same time, though, he is he's in his 60s now, you know, and and the role was demanding on Capaldi in his mid-50s. So, you know, he's not quite the man he was at the 50th. No, true,
1: true. Anyway, look, Paul McGann turned up. It was awesome. The other Doctors turned up. It was awesome.
0: The Ruth so, Doctor turned up.
1: The Ruth Doctor turned up. I thought that was a nice little reference. I thought, well, we were, we were complaining before that Chibnall didn't tie up a lot of loose ends, and I think that's correct, but at least we got to see the ruth doctor turn up again and she had a nice little cameo and i guess it's similar to what i was saying before about vinda just sort of ticking off here are bits of my era that Mm. i'm proud of and that i want you to remember as i wrap up and say goodbye
0: yeah and of course speaking of past doctors tenet we all knew it was a strong possibility that Jodie would turn into him because he's the next doctor in the next three specials but yeah, just seeing it, it was extraordinary And the way the clothes regenerated too I thought, oh, that's interesting Maybe it's a nod to when Troughton's trousers regenerated And um, Tom Baker's boots turned into shoes for Davo and things
1: I think there's absolutely a precedent So they weren't worried about doing it I just think practically trying to get tenant into Jodie Whittaker's costume wouldn't have worked. Mm. But uh, it was it was an interesting moment. I know that everybody was going into this going how is it going to end? Is it going to be she starts regenerating fade to black does do we see a shot of shooty and then we go to go to tenant in the end she went straight to tenant. He did the what 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 thing. Probably the most predictable. If you asked me to put 20 bucks on the table what would happen? I would have said she goes straight to tenant and what what what?
0: Um, I've seen about fifty people say that on Twitter over the last six months. Yeah, yeah, easily.
1: Yeah. So sometimes you know, Occam's Razor—the most obvious answer—is is, is yep. the answer. Uh, but it was it was good. And look, let's let's talk about Jodie's regeneration because that's that is what this episode is about. I thought it wasn't too bad. Uh, the actual moment, I think she did very well. I think it was a very good reflection of her character. We didn't get a long wanky speech like we used to get particularly out of Moffat. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just got a very Jodie-esque, a very 13th Doctor pithy little fun excited comment. I thought that was the right tone for her to go out on. So I liked the regeneration scene itself. I thought that the build-up was quite nice. Was the cause of the regeneration as good as it could be? It did sort of feel a little bit like oh oh that's what's killing oh oh, oh, i almost blinked and missed it there maybe i'm being maybe i'm being a little bit picky here myself rob
0: (laughs) well well, she took a bit of a hit but then she was just having a snooze in the tardis and apparently all those people in the tardis were so unconcerned that they just went home and (laughs) just left her to it uh and then and then she ditched yeah so tasman not a thing no more seriously (laughs) i think it's it's a construct of rtd wanting to start with a solo tenant and the TARDIS, they had to get rid of all those people somehow, so it felt, it, it, when you know sort of a bit behind the curtain, it felt a bit forced, like, oh, they've had to clear out the TARDIS, they've had to get rid of Yaz, but yes, the moment itself, standing on the clifftop, there was a bit of a rainbow in the sky, I think, and her just enjoying the sunrise, you know, it's a bit cliche, you know, <laughs> in the in the Rings of Power, Lenny Henry's character. The Lord of the Rings series, he uh, he was dying and he wanted to see the sunrise. It was very convenient that the sun then came up about 30 seconds later, but I digress. It's a cliche, but it's nice.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a nice moment. I thought it was a good way for the 13th Doctor to go out. I was happy with that. Yaz you raised. I thought Yaz actually had a pretty good episode. She actually got to do some stuff for the first time, I think almost in the era. We got to actually see her do it on screen, which was a good strong bit for her. Her farewell was, I think, a bit perfunctory. And look, I'm not particularly invested in Yaz's character. I've kind of wondered what her character was for the last three and a bit seasons. So I I wasn't worried about that. I am very confident, particularly based on what I've seen on social media this past hour or so, if you were somebody who was invested in Yaz, you probably would have been very disappointed by how perfunctory her exit was. was. It was literally, as you said, we're clearing the decks because RTD's coming. Sorry, you've got to leave now. Why? You just do go by. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, let's have and, an ice cream first. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I think that Jody got a good exit. I don't think Yaz got a good exit. Uh, Dan didn't get an exit, so you know he did. She did better than him. Mm. Um, you, you, you made a joke before about it before the whole Doctor Yaz thing. They did a little bit of a hint towards it in um, that tedious New Year special that I don't want to think about anymore. Mm-hmm. But that was obviously not a thing obviously that it's like oh people like this let's hint at it in, a, in an episode and never mention it ever again
0: yeah yeah which is what i thought they'd always do because there wasn't enough episodes left in her era for it to become anything meaningful so why go there
1: do you think that graham was meant to be dan
0: what at the end running the help self-help group
1: no, 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 um, doing the, the stuff when he just bumps into Ace in the volcano. Oh. I'm thinking aloud here, because I, I, I said before, maybe John Bishop wasn't free to do all the filming.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so maybe that's why Graham suddenly appears out of nowhere in the middle of a volcano in the middle of Bolivia.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> that, that could make sense.
0: Now that you've said it, that's something to think about, and maybe we can explore that if we read interviews and stuff. We might yeah, learn more. because yeah. it was really
1: cool to see Graham. I think you and I were both big fans of Graham. and I And love I thought he, he walked into the, the set. He did a really good job. He had really good lines. He played it really well. Um, it was just very, very, very odd that suddenly Graham was there <laughs> in the middle of the volcano that the guys in Top Gear drew, drove over in uh, their Bolivia special.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, in an episode where so much of it didn't connect and so much of it didn't need to be there and so much of it was a WTF moment, it was kind of like by that stage, oh, yeah, sure, Graham's turned up in a volcano. Why not? <laughs> you know, have Why
1: a drink. not? Yep, absolutely. And And that sort of brings me to my final general point, which is, I've said that the, 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 most of the beats of this story more or less worked, certainly bet, better than Rise of Skywalker. There was stuff like where they unregenerated the master, and I've gone, okay, they're, they're taking the regenerative power from the cyber dudes and they're using it to, yeah, okay, yep, I can add that together, that's fine. But by the time we got to the last act and we're going back and forth and this is doing this to that, and now we have to go to this to do that. I was kind of like, you know what? I'm lost. Mm. I'm utterly lost. I think mm-hmm. the Chibnall might be as well. That that's okay. I'm 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 just going to roll with it now. It's Chibnall. I'm used to it. I'm inured to it. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, the, the, that some of that last five or ten minutes did kind of totally just sort of fall apart for me. Even stuff like I think that the energy spider creature had the power to escape the whole time, but just needed the Doctor to tell it. it did.
0: Yeah, it was weird.
1: Yeah, so look, th- that, that's where I thought the plot did kind of fall apart, just under its own weight. But I think by then Chibnall didn't even care about the plot. He's just like, beat, 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 emote, 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 let's just keep hitting him, and then we get to the regeneration, we can all go
0: home. This is what Rise of Skywalker Syndrome is to me. The bigger and more bonkers you go it just doesn't matter what happens because you just keep moving forward and doing bigger and more bonkers things and people who are into it are just going to say, this is amazing, this is brilliant and they're just going to go with it and people who aren't, well, they were never into it anyway.
1: Yeah, so look, I, I do agree with you but all, all I'm saying is that it was really only in the last 10 to 15 that I felt that happened and until okay. then I was I was kind of keeping up with everything okay.
0: Sure. Should we go to the sports desk? Yeah, Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Here we are at the sports desk. If you've never heard one of these hot takes before, we look at the MVP of the week, the foul of the week, and the play of the week. Dave, do you want to kick us off with MVP of the week?
1: My MVP of the week is going to go to Sasha Duan. I thought that he gave an excellent performance. I thought that he held together an episode that was packed with a lot. I mean, it really was packed with a lot. And he was the narrative thread and the performance that kept the show on the road. He was a good and worthy villain. We were told in the lead up to this that it would be a Reichenbach Falls type <laughs> finale. And look, to two... The extent to which it looked like neither of them were going to get away from that planet unscathed, and that mm-hmm. it was this sort of final battle between two equals worthy of each other, I thought that that worked. duan delivered it, so he's my MVP. Snap. There you go.
0: Yeah. The, the, the capering, lunatic, joker-like master, you know, was really toned down, as I mentioned earlier, and I felt he was giving a more balanced performance. It was still jokey. It was still quippy in places, and he sort of did a half caper, you know. Yeah, but, it was it was fun. You know, yeah, exactly. It was fun, but it wasn't too over the top. So, you know, compared to the rest of the cast, I think Sasha just has to get the chocolates this week. I, I really enjoyed him.
1: Yeah, likewise. But, look, honourable mention to Jodie Whittaker, I think in her last... Performance. There were some really good moments there, and certainly her last five minutes I thought were really impressive. And as somebody who you know hasn't been a Jodie hater, but she's not one of my favourites either, I I you know I had a little bit of a lump in my throat as she left. So mission accomplished. And I know that people who were huge fans of Jodie's Doctor did really feel the 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 emotional moment in the heart for that. So I think it, I think it worked well. So honourable mention there.
0: All right, foul of the week. I'll take lead. Please do. I think the story was incomprehensible as a whole. In the moment, in bite-sized pieces, it was like, okay, I understand what's happening here, and I understand what's happening there. But trying to put it all together, it just seemed a very messy way to have Daleks and Cybermen and the Master in the same story. And I didn't feel the overall threat seemed that interesting, and I didn't feel the Doctor ever really, truly felt in danger um, you know, there was no legopolis like sense of doom hanging over things, it was just like any other adventure. And then at the end, Jody's like, Oh, I've been asleep. Oh, oh, everyone else went home and didn't hang around to see what happened to me. Oh, oh, well, I might regenerate. Uh, well, let's have an ice cream first, you know. It was very gentle, aside from perhaps dropping Yaz off and saying, See ya without even a peck on the cheek. <laughs> you could, you could maybe hear the wails of Tasmans across the planet when that happened, Dave, but um. Yeah, on the whole, it was just a story for me. And I've seen some people on social saying, oh, I don't watch these things for the story. And I was like, oh my God, what are you saying? Give me a break. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> not, not sure I agree with all of that, but that's okay, it's your fail. Um, my my fail of the week is something that I mentioned earlier, and that is the failure to really wrap up the themes and the ideas and the arcs of the chibnall Whittaker era. I think that this did do a good job of being a fun adventure. It did do a good job of showing us a lot of things that were part of this era, but I think perhaps it did reflect on itself as an era by completely failing to give us closure and wrap-up on stuff like The Timeless Child, on a lot of these little ideas that have gone all the way through, and I thought that is a a great shame, uh, and it could have been stronger if it had done that.
0: Okay. What about your play of the week, Dave? My
1: play of the week is a moment that hasn't been mentioned yet, and it is a moment that is my play of the week because I am a sad fan who grew up loving the classic series, and that is seeing Ian Chesterton again, particularly in that room full of those other companions. I was impressed to see Ace and Tegan again. I thought that was great. When they had Mel there and when they had Joe Grant there, I thought, yeah, that's that's really nice. That's lovely. And then when Ian Cheston was there, from my favourite era of the show, a guy who first performed this role in 1963, mm. I just thought that is a wonderful moment. I'm usually cynical about this stuff, but that really, really tugged on the heartstrings for me. It hit me in all the right places. And I just thought it was the moment that, for me, it emotionally hit home.
0: Okay, we have a similar play of the week, Dave, because my play of the week is The Use of Nostalgia. Yep. Now, this is something that could go horribly, stupidly wrong, and done wrong, it could have easily been my foul of the week. I would have called this out straight away, you know, and I'd be sitting here tearing shreds off it. But I feel it was well done. The Doctor... Meeting Davo and Colin, Sylve, McGann, that was well done. We got Doctors who look old into the mix for the first time, you know, without it feeling too odd. Tegan one-on-one with Davo, Ace one-on-one with Sylve, and a bit of closure there, which I think you were hinting at, you know, with regard to the new adventures and things like that. And the scene at the end, yes, with Ian and Mel and Joe thrown into the mix. It felt in-universe. It felt like something that would actually happen. People coming together, it's sort of like an Alcoholics Anonymous to talk about something that only other alcoholics understand or other time travellers, in this case, understand. Yes. Yes. You know, A line from Bonnie would have been nice, but you can't have everything, I guess. It just felt natural and nostalgia, I need to say is a little different to something I'm going to talk about when I get to Word of the Week. This nostalgia was fluff. It wasn't the plot.
1: Fair enough. Shall we do our Words of the Week?
0: We should. Dave, do you want to go first?
1: My Word of the Week was spoiler. Yes. And uh, this is going to lead into my summing up of my view of Power of the Doctor. This is an episode that I think for a generation of fans will be their five Doctors. If you are somebody who grew up with the Jodie Whittaker era and she and her doctor particularly meant something to you, Mm. this will be your five doctors that in 40 years time, in 50 years time, when you're cynical and doing your brainwave podcast, whatever they have in those (laughs) days, you'll be looking back and going, oh, power of the doctor. It's like a comfy pair of slippers. The thing that though about it is that a lot of it hangs on those spoiler moments. A lot yeah. of it hangs on. Oh my God, there's Paul McGann. Oh my God, there's Ian Chesterton. Oh my God, Vinder's turned up. Oh my God, the Master's doing this. It's it's hinges on that spoiler factor. For for those of us who are watching it as just another episode in another era, will it hold up on continuous viewings over the years, or will you go, Yeah, I know they're in that. What are they? They're not they're not doing anything. Mm. And 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 and, and, and this is going to live by its spoiler moments. I think that if this was your era, it's your Five Doctors. If it's not your era, once you know the spoilers, it might not actually hold up to that much. But going in not knowing the spoilers, they were wonderful to have.
0: I would say in quick reference to that, I can still watch Day of the Doctor, and when you hear Tom Baker's voice and he comes on, that scene still gets me. But I think it might be a very well-written scene Not just some people sitting around on chairs saying one-liners.
1: And it's Tom Baker.
0: And it's Tom Baker, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, and and, and I'm very willing to say that maybe in 10 years' time we will go, you know what, it does hold up very well. But this is a hot take reaction. My, My hot take is that when you know the spoilers are coming, it may not be as good.
0: Fair enough. My word of the week was remember. Now, have you seen the Member Berries episode of South Park, Dave? I have, yes you have where for the our listeners at home these grape-like things are always referencing pop culture like remember the millennium falcon Remember wedge (laughs) you know (laughs) like lots of star wars stuff lots of pop culture stuff and they slowly get more sinister but i won't go down that rabbit hole well i think chibnall's been eating member berries dave because so much of this episode was remember this remember how you like this remember how this made you feel 15 years ago from obvious stuff like all the cameos Through to, you know, the Doctor's made lots of friends over time, and oh look, now they're all piloting the TARDIS, just like in Stolen Earth. To Yaz being told that she's the latest Teague and an Ace, a la Rose and Sarah Jane in School Reunion. (laughs) To the Master putting on some loud music, like he did in The Sound of Drums. Even having a Daleks and Cybermen episode, yeah, RTD's already done that, mate. And what I call this memberberry stuff happened so many times in the episode. It was like Chibnall was strip mining RTD's era for memories to pass off as plot that he hoped people would salivate over. So, yeah, my, my word could have been memberberries, but I, I left it at remember.
1: Fair enough. Mm. What was your school then, Rob? You've been, you've been very, you've, you've picked on this episode a lot.
0: Well, that's what you do in a criticism, Dave. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know, but it's it's felt very, I don't know, coming across over the 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 the, the headphones. It's felt as though you've been it's felt as though you've been very down on this episode. So I'm really waiting to hear your score.
0: Okay, it was a very hard thing to score. I I try to be fair with these things, even with all the comments I've made. People out there who listen to us know I try to be fair. I think the story was a near incoherent mess. ...with some really odd stuff in it... ...and I was calling that out wholesale... ...that is all true... ...but there were some great moments here and there... ...I think the Cybermen smashing through Unit... ...was really well done for example... ...they actually felt properly... ...deadly there... ...unlike earlier when they got taken out by Chumps by those soldiers that i was talking about it seems the cyber were just used as the plot needed them oh at the start they go out at chumps but at unit headquarters they were deadly and i thought that was fantastic now we won't go down that rabbit hole any further i will be here for another 15 minutes i just use that as an example that there were bits in this that i really liked there were scenes in this i really liked there were lines i really liked one of jody's final lines about you know doctor whoever i'm gonna be or whatever the line was i thought oh that's good. And it didn't have the big wanky speech. I liked that. So, man, it's hard. I think it's a shocker in places. I think it's good in places. I am somewhere around a 6 out of 10.
1: Yeah, that's probably where I thought you were going to end up. I know, I certainly felt it across this, this chat that you were more down on it than I was. Hmm. I enjoyed the episode. As I'm watching it, I was being carried along by it enough to not be clenching my teeth together when there were these bizarre Chibnall-esque moments. Mm. The nostalgia and the adventure and the fun and Sasha Dewan and all of these little things carried me through a strong 90 minutes. So I, I left with a smile on my face. I was happy it have done most of what it had to do. Yes, some of the plot was an incoherent mess, so it loses a little bit for that. But I'm giving it an 8.5.
0: Wow, that's quite high.
1: As I said going in, this is, I think, the best episode of Doctor Who that Chris Chibnall has written. I don't think it's in my top five or six of the era, but it's it's after that
0: bunch. I think Chibnall has written his most Chibnall episode. And if you're into Chibnall, <laughs> I think you'd really like it. But obviously, you're not, Dave, because you, you like stories by other people in his era so I'm I'm not saying that's that's everyone's point of view but I I do think it's 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 Chibnalletti's most Chibnallist if I can put it that
1: way yeah look I I come back to the point I made before if you're somebody who is emotionally invested in this era you like this era you like Jodie Whittaker's doctor this probably hit all the beats for you in the way that when I watch Planet of the Spiders I go, I love this, because that actors back and that actors back and this plot points back and the doctor's doing this. And, oh wow, this is this is a thematic and exciting summation of the Purwee era. And others yeah. go, It's boring, mate. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I think that again, if you're you're into this era, this will mean a lot to you. And I totally respect that.
0: Very well said. So Dave, we'll be back this Sunday with a flagship episode of the podcast. And we're gonna look at actors who have played the doctor but in other roles
1: yes we're going to each pick the best role outside of doctor who we think each of the regular actors to play the doctor has done again we'll have a new segment and if you're sitting there going i can't believe they didn't mention this or this and when are we going to see the next episode oh my god we saw shooting Gatwa. it'll all come in the next episode when we're not trying to get a 30 minute hot take done in 45 minutes
0: (laughs) exactly right so that's going to be a fun and frothy episode but until then I've been Rob.
1: I've been Dave.
0: And we'll see you on Sunday. Goodbye.
1: Tag. Bye.
0: You've been listening to... The Doctor Show With Rob and Dave Find us online by searching for... The Doctor Show We also love it when you write in. Drop us a line anytime at hello at the DW Show. Dot .net